Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio Show. Now this radio show is another one of those deep inner personal development ones. I love doing these shows and it's the difference between the inner child and the ego. So what is our inner child exactly? What is our ego? And are they somehow intertwined? I get emails from people from time to time wanting to know what the difference is and it's been often enough that I thought it was time to do an article on this. Now maybe you too are not completely sure which of you is these parts and even if there is a difference. Maybe you're not sure what these parts are or even if they exist. Unraveling these questions was really huge for me personally. And once I cracked this really simple understanding, my personal growth and my inner freedom leapt ahead in leaps and bounds and I know yours will too if you can really grasp this. Now this topic is really about a conversation recently I had with a friend of mine. He'd been doing a lot of shift work with Quantum Freedom Healing but yet he was finding some really very deep resistant egoic patterns. And he realized that voice which was piping up and saying things like, stop being angry, you're not a nice person, or I'm really irritated with that person because of blah, blah, blah. He realized that that was his ego. And he said to me that his ego was driving him crazy because he didn't want to be an angry person and he didn't want to experience the painful peptides of judging other people. He asked me, should I just make friends with my ego? Would that help shut it up and leave me alone? And my answer was a firm no. I'll explain why not in this radio show amongst other things. So what we need to understand is that when we get triggered by an event in our life, this always relates to some young unhealed part within ourselves. Now you might think that this is a gross generalization or even a harsh judgmental statement. And let me explain to you why it isn't. First of all, it's the young parts of ourselves that develop beliefs of conditional love meaning we were raised by adults who had their own woundedness, even if they had the best intentions, and they brought us up with the false premise that we were lovable and acceptable for what we did or didn't do, rather than instilling in us that we were lovable simply for who we are. And this meant deep subconscious parts of ourselves believed that we were inherently unworthy and that we were not acceptable. And we could only be if we earned approval. 
And this was the case regardless of how attractive, successful, intelligent or capable that we thought we were. In fact, many attractive, successful, intelligent and capable people often strive for excellence to compensate for not feeling worthy. This created the human condition of codependency. The belief that we need to source our wholeness and our worth from outside of ourselves. The inner emptiness and anxiety which was the spiritual starvation of not sourcing our wholeness authentically which means that we don't feel unconditionally loved and accepted by existence. That meant that our sense of self was precariously connected to other people's behaviour, their levels of love and their levels of approval. Now we may think that that's natural, but in fact that is not who we really are. Our true self stands on its own merits and it is a complete system to itself which then attracts and generates more wholeness with the field of life. Now the problem is, if we are carrying wounds in our subconscious of unworthiness, then we are not flowing in this healthy sourcing and we don't feel whole. Now rather than being in control of our own generating of life, we show up in life from an inner center of young unworthy wounds. So let's use an example that we all know. A narcissist saying something horrifically degrading. If we have young wounds of unworthiness, we have created this person as the source of our worthiness and now that he or she is degrading us, we are triggered. Why are we triggered? Because our sense of identity is threatened. The young inner childhood wound of unworthiness is activated. The unconscious has just become conscious, which means we're aware of this inner pain, this wound. Our mind then follows the chemicals of the body, which is the powerlessness and the childhood painful regression, which is taking us back to the development that we were stunted at at that age on this topic. And our reactions will be to hook in, hand our power over, because we believe that our well-being is reliant on what this person is or isn't doing. So what happens is we're going to fight to change the narcissist back into the person who we can source our worthiness and approval from again. Now what would happen if we were healthily sourcing ourselves and if we were full and whole in our own inner self-identity. What would happen is we would observe the horrific degrading statement. We wouldn't have a childhood wound triggered because there's no wound there to be triggered. And we would healthily perceive that this person is not healthy, not sane or not pleasant to be around. And our sense of identity would not be threatened because it's not reliant on what this person was or wasn't doing or saying. Now I fully admit I wasn't this person until I worked on my childhood wounds because I used to get horribly triggered and hooked in and without any self-recriminations or regrets because that was my evolution up leveling journey 
I totally know that there are people naturally who as soon as the mask of the narcissist cracked and off behaviour began did have a healthy sense of self. They did observe with wisdom what was happening and they were anchored enough in their true sense of self that they could call it quits and they could walk away. Now the difference is these people were the people who were brought up with unconditional love. They did receive the messages that they were lovable for who they were. Now I've received dozens of emails from people over the last seven years who have informed me of exactly that. That the mask dropped, they went, oh my goodness, this isn't my reality. And they pulled the pin. Somebody later on had told them about narcissists. They looked up my stuff and they sent me an email saying, oh my goodness, how lucky was I that I didn't take it any further. How, you know, imagine what would have happened if I did. So, and I also know people personally, men and women, who do not engage any further once a narc's cracks appear. And this is just one of the reasons why I find it so interesting when people continue to play the victim and they don't take responsibility for their own evolution and they state sociopaths can fool anyone. And people send me those articles and that information and they're continually posting it up in abuse forums about how bad and dangerous they are, how powerless we are against them and how everyone is susceptible to them. Truly, that is total falsity. And I'm incredibly saddened that there are abuse forums who not only dismiss the true solutions to heal from narcissistic abuse, they actually boot them out and condemn them, but they also instill within their members more pain and victimhood after what happened to them. We only ever get hooked if we have a corresponding inner wound, period. And that is why when we clean up these inner wounds, we become like those fortunate people who already have a healthy and solid sense of self. We no longer have any pulls or addictions or attraction. When we shore up inside what we need to, we totally disconnect from narcissists and we're certainly not triggered or traumatized by them. And that is how we heal. Our inner child may be really unwell. And because we were in theta brainwave, especially up to seven years of age, our inner subconscious soaked up painful beliefs like a sponge. Our inner identity was established with childish emotion-based reasoning before we had the logical intelligence to accept or dismiss certain messages. So by the time we reached alpha brainwave function, which is our logical cognitive mind reasoning, and this came into being at 12 years of age or aroundabouts, by that time, our inner programming was done. And what that meant is that we had an inner child. We had our subconscious programming running the show of our life. And what that means is the aspects of our programming that were healthy beliefs, they're the ones that get reflected back to us from life as flow and ease and success. And conversely, the unhealed wounded programming we received 
is reflected back to us via pain and disappointment and loss and aggression and even abuse. These painful events represent beliefs of being unworthy, unlovable, deserving of punishment, not being good enough, to be loved and accepted, and the list goes on and on, regardless of what the logical mind would like to declare. And these entrenched inner beliefs may be very, very specific, such as, and this is just some examples, men who I love leave me, people who love me harm me, and if I forgo all of my needs and tend to everybody else's, I'll be safe. And that's just the tip of the iceberg when we start going inside and we start working out what's really been going on. So how were our most painful belief systems created? By the intensity of emotional charge that was attached to them. What this means is the most painful childhood events and they may have been very rapid events or they could have been long, prolonged, repetitive events. So these most painful childhood events that you may not remember now because you submerged them so long ago are the ones setting up your future destiny from that time on without you realising it. Belief systems work like this. They generate with life the evidence of the belief. Our inner child is a living energy. If your inner child feels safe, cherished, protected, loved, accepted and worthy, he or she comes out to play. And as a result, you feel creative and expansive and generous and loving and joyful. And you absolutely know how to grant and receive full flourishing in the field. You also know how to speak up and honour yourself and be authentic and how to generate truth and wholesomeness and detach yourself from what and who isn't. If our inner child feels unsafe, dismissed, rejected, abandoned and unworthy, He or she is broken and damaged and is terrified about coming out to play and instead will try to get our attention desperately to go and retrieve and heal him or her so that he or she can. The way the inner child does this is through screaming out in pain and that's exactly what painful triggers are as well as intense ongoing emotional anguish. And if this doesn't work, then the inner child manifests nervous system disorders such as severe depression, complicated and post-traumatic stress disorder and agoraphobia. And and then if this is not enough to get us to turn inwards to help, the inner child creates physical issues which can really escalate to serious ones. Our inner child also tries to warn us. He or she screams out not to go back to the scene of the crime, such as pick up that phone and break no contact, not to drink that bottle of alcohol, not to get into a new relationship with that person whilst being so needy and broken, 
and not to try and get accountability again from that person who was continually abusing you. How many times did we know we should not be doing something but we did it anyway? Regardless of how painful we knew the results would be. Way too painful for the precarious state our inner child was already in. The results were terrible always. So why did we do this? There's one simple reason why we did this. Our ego. Our ego is not our inner child. Our ego is the part of ourselves that is formed as a defense mechanism to avoid going inwards to heal our inner child. So going back to the conversation I had with my friend, he said to me, why shouldn't I try to make friends with my ego? And I replied, because your ego is an imposter. It's not who you are. And its purpose is to keep you separated from healing your inner child and becoming an integrated and whole self. Trying to make friends with your ego is like trying to have a genuine relationship with a narcissist. You would only be dancing with the devil. Oh, he said, so how do I get my ego to shut up? I said, go to the wound that ego is guarding and heal it. And then there's no gap for your ego to get in on that topic anymore. So when my friend dropped into the pain and the fear, which was underneath that head projection of I'm angry at everybody, when he actually went inside into his vulnerability, he knew he was hanging on to stuff in his solar plexus and he went in and he was able to be with it and open up to it and he received the intuitive message of being five years old and feeling trapped and ganged up on. That memory came back up and it was one that he'd forgotten about and it was very true. So the wound that he was carrying inside him was a five-year-old wound that I'm a target for punishment which meant that he felt powerless and he felt defenseless even though he's an adult now, that wasn't the emotional peptides that were being created. They were being created from the five-year-old center. So when he fully claimed that wound and felt and released it, he opened up space and brought in the source God life connection of being valued and supported and loved and the fear was gone and a graded solidness instantly replaced it. And that's what happens when we nail a shift. The switch, the shift is instant. So that immediately eliminated the narcissistic ego story, you're an angry person, you're a bad person, because there was no wound left for the ego to create havoc with. There was no fear and there was no pain and there was no anger. Just an ability to be authentic, not be triggered and speak up for needs and rights if necessary. So that was how he was able to show up in life from that point. Rather than regressing back to a peptide addiction of powerlessness and helplessness and being trapped and being punished, he was freed from that. So he was able to be a healthy adult in those situations from that point on. So my friend 
by past his egoic illusions and he evolved himself. So, okay, so this is the deal. When we have an inner young wound that we don't rescue, we have negative emotions bubbling up. And that's the message. That's our inner child saying, I'm here, I'm hurting, please come to me, please heal me. Now, if we ignore this message, this triggers our brain into survival programs that are fueled by the young helplessness and the powerlessness we were at the time that that wound was developed. Negativity and pain attracts more of itself. It starts a life force of darkness. And that's what our ego is about. It's a false self. It's the nemesis of our true self, which is light. So now what is really, really interesting is this. In every seed of darkness is incredible light. In fact, every seed of darkness can be brought into the light because the true purpose of something wrong and painful is so we can transmute it. We can up-level it. We can evolve it to a higher, more expansive understanding. When we get the release of a contracted, fearful, painful inner program, we expand, we up-level. And that process is exactly the process and the formula of evolving ourselves. And that's exactly what happens when we love ourselves enough and we make a stand for our own worthiness enough to bring our painful, disowned, unconscious parts up into the light for their transformational healing. If we don't heed the call of our inner child, and if we ignore him or her instead of going inside, and if we allow the darkness, which is the pain and the fear to remain, this is the gap where our ego is given full permission to rush in. Now that we're disowned and we're unhealed, our energy system is prey to the ego. The ego is a pain body. If you were to think of a battle of good and evil, every human being has a true self and an ego. And where we're orientated on the scale of darkness to light depends on the state of our inner being. It depends on the state of our inner child, of our subconscious belief systems. When the inner child is released, when he or she is spacious and extended and empowered and joyful and safe and radiant, you are expanding out into the connection and the oneness of Source Life God. That power that operates everything unconsciously in consciousness. And you're living as you were always intended to live, which is graciously, lovingly and abundantly. And you're sourcing self-authentically and you're extending out into the field authentically. You feel unconditionally adored, accepted and protected by life and you treat and maintain yourself accordingly. When your inner child is contracted and fearful and self-protective and detached, 
and despairing and damaged, you are disconnected from the, from the field of source life God, from that higher power, from that consciousness that connects everything. And you're living the illusions of darkness and separation and in that place you are completely and utterly susceptible to your egoic fearful self. And additionally you feel unloved, you feel unacceptable and you feel unsafe in life. You can't believe that life has your back or wants to flourish you. And as a result of that, you treat and maintain yourself accordingly in those chemicals of fear and pain and separation. Within every single suppressed inner wound are the energies for up-leveling, for releasing and the opening up to more and more space and incredible expansion. Or the festering ignored wound causes an inner contraction around that wound and a spiral down into more pain. The inner child keeps calling out and the cries get louder. And if unattended to, inevitably, there's a greater need for ways to try to manage the pain without actually solving the cause of it. Solutions such as self-medicating, seeking out of distractions and painful relationships or addictions to try to burn off the pain are the only avenues available. The ego loves this because the pain and the manifestation of pain attracts more pain and ultimately creates demise. The ego is not life. The ego is anti-life. Many, many people feel repulsion initially towards their inner child and they blame him or her for the issues. If only you weren't so needy. If only you had better self-esteem, etc., etc. And this is one of the major reasons why people don't turn inwards and go to their inner child to heal their inner child because they believe they're going to be really horrified with what they find. Now I just really want to tell you this point blank. Children are innocent. When your inner child developed these painful inner beliefs, he or she was powerless, innocent, loving and open. He or she was a child of life and source and God. That extension of that energy, subject to a world of wounded people and conditional behaviour by people and systems who knew no better. Now he or she is still powerless to heal on his or her own. This child needs you. And even though this child is so damaged and disowned and terrified, he or she is still the wholesomeness granting you the messages that are trying to take you towards the light and stop hurting yourself, but you may not be listening. And these are the intuitive messages that you are probably rationalizing away or you may just be plain ignoring. 
So who is the culprit of the havoc and the chaos and the damage? Plain and simple, your ego. Because this is a voice blaming and shaming and judging and creating stories of victimization and pointing outwards away from the inner wounds to convince you that your pain has nothing to do with needing to heal your inner child. This is a force that keeps you attached to and obsessing about the very personal thing that you're sustaining damage from. And this is a pain body that will tell you any story, any excuse and any justification to think and operate in a way that will generate more and more pain in your life. This is a force that convinces you to impulsively go for quick fixes and blaming to try to re relieve the pain but yet which only generates more damage and more pain in your life. So to put it metaphysically, your ego is the force that keeps you separated from source life God and ensures you will never achieve oneness in the field. So in real life terms, this means that your ego stands between you experiencing your true expansion, your full flourishing, genuine, unconditionally loving connections, and your highest potential and your greatest joy. Because if you did reach that level of your evolution, your ego could not exist with you. Your ego is a pain body of darkness. It can't exist in evolution and light. Your ego convinces you that you need to overcome the outer. And it keeps you hooked up in the soul-destroying, impossible fight of trying to control and fix and change anything that isn't you. Your ego convinces you only someone else can rescue you from your wounds because you don't have the capabilities. That you're too worthless to achieve it. Your ego convinces you it's someone in particular's fault that you're damaged and this person is therefore responsible even though no outer person can ever rescue you from yourself let alone an unconscious individual who hasn't yet dealt with their own inner wounds. Can you see the irony? Your ego convinces you because of what happened to you that your life is forever broken. Your ego is the force causing you to show up in life with defences that ensure you'll hook into and be attracted to and attract everything that you don't want to experience. Your ego ensures the very things that you attempt to protect yourself from keep getting drawn into your life over and over again. And or the only way to avoid that happening is to blame the outside, close down, disconnect even more from life and try to escape the agony of your inner woundedness with even more painful defences of fear, shame and blame which only cover up and over the wound even more. 
So the absolute formula and truth is this. The more unattended wounds you have inside of you, the more activated your ego is. So we can understand from that, the people who have the biggest egos, the ones that are the greatest in the greatest judgment and in the greatest projection and in the greatest not taking responsibility and in the greatest blaming everybody else. Those are the people with the most disowned inner wounding. The truth is your inner child is the defenseless, innocent angel who needs your help. He or she is your true connection to Source Life God, your true connection to the field and your full flourishing. He or she is your way home. Your ego, on the other hand, is the scheming, manipulative darkness which mesmerizes you into doing anything but connecting lovingly with your inner child to partner and parent him or her back to health. You may have thought that you had to overcome the outside to get your life right. Now it's really, really time to wake up from the trance because the truth is you only ever had to up-level yourself to get well. And in fact, that's the only way you will ever get well. Because that's the only way any of us ever get well. And once we do that, then all of life in our experience starts reflecting that back to us. So how do we know what the pain is? How do we know if it's our inner child calling out for help or if it's an egoic mind story. I receive emails from people in the throes of egoic mind issues often. In fact, probably every day. And that's not surprising because I'm a narcissistic abuse recovery expert and in the field of my work, it's all about people with huge wounding that's been activated. So... Of course, they're thrown into peptide addiction and obsession and egoic mind stories. Now, generally, I only read the first one or two lines and I know that this person is in peptide addiction and they're in their egoic mind. And I'll give you an example of one of these emails because we're going to follow this story through to where it went to. So this is, so just bear with me because this is the example. So the email is this, it's, Hi Melanie, I really can't take it anymore. Tonight he called me an adjective, adjective, fat cow. And I've told him a thousand times not to speak to me like that, but it never stops. I talked to his mother about how he was treating me and she told me I was the issue in the marriage because of the way I treat him. I feel like I am losing my mind. Last week, not only did he abuse my son, he also told my son that I was the person putting him down and not supporting him. And my son believes him. Now, 
generally I wouldn't get that far reading an email because it doesn't serve me and it doesn't serve the person either because this is peptide addiction and it's severe victimization which is an ego function and it's powerlessness and it's miles away from the real solution to help her now years ago I tried to reason with emails like this I used to try to logically combat the victimization with answers and suggestions and after discovering the true healing processes, I realized how much of a waste of time that was, how incredibly futile it was, and I'll explain exactly why. When an unhealed wound is being defended by the egoic mind, the brain is only operating within the range of the traumatized peptides that are not being healed. So the brain follows the body always. So me trying to address this lady's brain to get a shift in her body out of the peptide addiction and the chemicals of the powerlessness and the injustice and the betrayals, it's pointless and it's in fact impossible. So let's call this lady Michelle. No matter what I could say to Michelle dealing with this on a head level with her would not make one scrap of difference even if my logical response had all the wisdom of the Dalai Lama because Michelle can't hear or comprehend anything other than trauma her brain is on high range beta brainwave which is fight flee and survival and that's where our brain goes we're in the when we're in the chemicals of powerlessness, the body chemicals of powerlessness and trauma and victimization. So what that means is access to peace and wisdom and solutions, which is then the connection to the field, which is the miracles and support of life, that oneness, that greater, more expansive part of ourselves, all of that is completely shut down and snapped off because that part of Michelle's brain is not available. So Michelle is out on the raw and ragged edge, disconnected from her inner child and any solutions. And I can't help her. Nothing can help her out there. Her egoic mind has her all to itself exactly where it wants her which is being hostage in the pain and not being allowed to go inside to true solutions so this was my email response to Michelle which is completely different from the ones I would have written years ago hi Michelle I know you are hurting profoundly you are not going to get any answers or any solutions this way by obsessing about this or trying to get your mind to deal with it or trying to get me to join you in that. You are right on the edge of being able to release something very young and painful that's been negatively affecting you for your whole life and the relief is going to be incredible once you do. 
and that painful pattern can be gone forever if you do what I tell you to do. Remember what hurts the most creates the biggest release and growth when it's shifted and this one has triggered you really in a big way. So it's going to be incredible. So all you need to do is this. Take what is hurting to Module 4 in NARP, which is about injustices and betrayals. Drop deeply into it, follow the process and shift it. Do as many shifts as you need to do until your pain is down to at least a 2 out of 10. And then come back to me and tell me what you discovered. So this was Michelle's email two days later. Dear Melanie, over the last two days I did six shifts on this. It was so huge. I can't believe it. What came up was what happened when my father left us and my mother, who you know is a narcissist, turned around to me at three years of age and told me he would never have left us if you hadn't been such an ugly, bad girl. It took me three different shifts to get down deep enough for that to present. I had completely forgotten about it, but it had been inside me all this time. I held it out, I cried, I released, and I can't tell you how free I feel now. When I connected back to love and approval from the higher source in the last shift, the relief was indescribable. I have no pain on this now and I can see so clearly now how my whole life I've been attracting and playing out everyone's scapegoat, not just in my marriage but in so many areas of my life. I feel released from this and I am so much more detached from him now. I am going to find a rental place this week and I'm going to move out. I can't thank you enough, Mel. I know I am healing. I know I'm getting well. I know soon I'll be free. Thank you for making me face me. Words can't describe how grateful I am for this journey. Lots of love. Kiss, 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 Michelle. So the simple truth is this. In the woundedness, Michelle's egoic mind was generating more of the wound, the wound that had occurred long before the narcissist showed up in her life. The wound that he's matching. And it was causing her to show up in ways that exasperated that exact wound. So as the victim of her wound in the field of life, she could only and would only attract and create results of more victimization. And then, of course, blame him and try to force him to stop the pain of her wounds. And that's what our ego does. It looks to the outside, generates more pain with the messenger of the pain, and refuses to take the message. So the truth really is, we don't know the difference between the inner child and our egoic voice unless we're prepared to go to our inner child and bypass our ego. And when we go to our inner child, if we are prepared to listen, we get the truth. 
So how do we do that? So how we do that is we train ourselves to stop going into our head. We refuse to let the logical stories come. And we take our attention into our body to open up to our inner child instead. And this is a simple formula. Your ego is in your head and your inner child is inside you. Your ego is stories. Your inner child is wisdom and truth and the truth sets you free. So this statement that I'm about to tell you as far as what I believe, it's the most powerful statement and orientation in life to bypass the ego and go directly to your inner child. And this statement is that trigger of emotional pain is an unhealed part within me. And that's a huge statement and it is the most empowering statement you will ever make. Because immediately you are focused inwards and your ego has no leverage when you do that. Your ego can't drag you out and away from your body. It can't start disowning you or someone else. And it can't think up thoughts of shame, blame and unworthiness towards yourself or anyone else. In other words, your ego can't create painful distractions or use the trigger of pain to escalate and create more pain. Now when you get really orientated and you really take a stand for your own evolution, far from egoic judgment and the beating up of yourself or others, when you get a trigger of pain, you switch into fascination and internal investigator mode. And it's joyous because you've lived the results enough to realize every time your inner child calls out to you, which is making the painful unconscious conscious, and you go to the wound and find it and release it and open up the space and connect through that space with source life God on that topic, you receive incredible relief from the previous pain and you receive joyous expansion as a replacement. You've just expanded into more connection with oneness and source pouring through you to flourish and nourish and expand you and you've just extended more of that out into the field which affects everything that you come into contact with. So your ego just got kicked to the curb on that topic because darkness cannot survive in the face of blinding light. Just like a vampire, when the light turns on, the vampire melts. It's exactly the same. That's why that myth has so much wisdom in it. So in fact, every time you transform wounded parts of yourself, you bring in more and more and more and more light. And yet, that's right. Just like the vampire, your ego, peace by peace by peace in its intensity and its force, dissolves 
And that's when your real contentment and flourishing and love and joy and health begins. So, of course, there may be real life action to take on a matter in your life. So how do you know if you're acting from a healthy inner stance, from an up-level part of yourself, or if you're acting from a wounded egoic defense? It's really quite simple, this formula. Don't approach anything in your life from a position of fear or pain unless it's an immediate life or death situation. Okay? If you've got a car coming at you from the other side of the road, you're not going to up-level that trigger before you manoeuvre out of the way, clearly. But for everything in your life that is not instant life and death, you are going to have an incredible benefit by actually going to get your inner state right on that topic before you try to approach it. Because if you don't, it is always a wounded center that your ego is playing with. Now, if you're operating from calm and peaceful emotions, you have a solid sense of self on that topic. Which means you can speak up healthily. You will honor yourself. You won't hand your power over. And you don't have your identity wrapped up in needing particular outcomes outside of yourself because it's already solid. So as a result, you're connected to source life God, the field. You're sourcing power authentically and all of life is positioned co-flourishing with you to grant you more of yourself, namely the wholesomeness and the solidness that you already are. Your connection to the field in this way, on that frequency, on that connection of oneness, grants you complementary access to the right ideas, the right people, and the fortuitous, supportive synchronicities which are supporting who you really are. Those doors are open and the, the energy is flowing backwards and forwards between you and the support on the other side of those doors. And it's unlimited because the field is unlimited. That's how big you can be. So it is a total illusion that doing this creates results in your life that are healthy. It's your beingness that does. If you're trying to tackle an issue in your life from a wounded, unhealed center, like Michelle, who was trying to do everything, who was trying to convince her son, who was trying to argue back, who was visiting his mother, trying to get her to see her point of view, she was doing a great do deal of doing this. And all it was doing was creating more of that wound. And that's what happens when we do doing this from a wounded center. And Michelle's true solution is the same for everyone, period. Stop looking at what is happening through the egoic mind and instead go inside to why this is happening. And I need to thank Jess for that expression from last week's Thriver show, if you listen to it, because that is just such a powerful expression. 
And what it means is, is that we need to go to the wound inside and release it. That's how we're going to get a shift and a change in our life. Narcissists are not the healers of our inner wounds. They are the messengers of our inner wounds. You are your own saviour. Just as I and many people in this community have really stepped up and stood for our worthiness to be our own saviours. So what does personal evolution look like? It looks like a healthy, open, radiant inner child freed from inner wounds, fully connected to source and being filled with light and then extending that out into the field. That's our inner being glowing through us and out into connecting to the field. And that looks like a being who realizes how the energetic game of life really operates and understands the gift of the unconscious becoming conscious and how pain is our greatest deliverer to the light if we choose it to be. So what does the evolution of our world look like? One person at a time doing that, up-leveling and evolving themselves and becoming more light. Which of course means you, because you are the only person in your experience who can be that light. So I hope that's explained a lot and cleared up confusion and given you an even clearer understanding of what is really, really going on in your life. And this article is going up tomorrow, so I'm going to really look forward to answering any questions or any comments that you post on the blog. And if you enjoy my radio shows and you want to know how you can not only survive but thrive after narcissistic abuse, just like myself and thousands of people from 50 different countries worldwide have done, go to MelanieToniaEvans.com forward slash NARP, which is capital N-A-R-P, and you'll be able to learn all about my energetic 10-step healing system that has been able to create this results for so many people. So that's it from me, everybody. And I'll be on next week. Lots of love. Bye-bye.